Hey guys, welcome to the Sports in the House podcast with your host Robert Ventura. And I'm very excited to talk about the MVP race, the, the NBA awards, the playoff seating just came out yesterday. Some very interesting matchups. And uh, here to talk with me all is uh, Jason Padilla. Super excited to have him, longtime friend of mine, avid basketball watcher. And uh, he's from Miami. Can't wait to get this conversation going. What's up, man? I want to have look forward to talking some sports with you today, you know? Yeah, man. Awesome to start off the first ever episode of uh, Sports on the House podcast. Uh, what better way to start with you, man? Pretty cool to get this going. Yeah, definitely, man. I'm excited for what this has in, in store. You know, it can definitely become something big, and it'll be definitely fun to be able to talk with all the homies, you know, have some yeah, nice man. Combo combos and stuff like back in the day. Yep. Sounds good, man. All right. So um, let's get into it. We're going to start with our uh, NBA awards. Um and before we get into the NBA awards, this is probably one of the hardest first teams I've had to do in a while because there's been a lot of players that have been playing really well. Um, obviously, there's been um, different types of games played and not played, which definitely goes into factor for some people. But for me, I'm just going to start with uh, first team. We're going to go with the point guard first. So who do you have as your point guard for first team, Jason? Funny enough, so <clears throat> I was having a hard decision uh, time deciding about this. I was thinking, who should I put? And I really wanted to put um, Luca as my point guard. But what I did was <clears throat> I kind of followed the whole layout how they do for when they do the uh, all-star game sign outs, like guard, 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 or sorry, guard, guard, and yeah. forward, forward, and then one center. So I went Curry, Luca as my two guards. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to go for. All right. Nice. Yeah. Obviously, Curry's had a fantastic year. Um, he was on my second team as a shooting guard, point guard, whatever you want to put him as. But uh, for me, I had Luka Doncic. I think what he did this year of the Dallas Mavericks is simply incredible. Um, he's played a, almost the whole season. He's basically carried the team on his back. Um, he's doing this with guys like Jalen Brunson, who's a nice player, but he's also missed one of his better players and Tim Hardaway Jr. So I had to give Luke in the nub, but why did you choose to put Steph Curry uh, when he missed a decent amount of games in the end of the season to uh, finish it off? That's why, because the reason I have them both actually in my first team, I have Luca and Steph in my first team. So yeah. I'm just going guard, guard. And I mean, the way Curry played this year before he got hurt, man, was just on another level. Like he literally he could have won the MVP again if he didn't get hurt. And yeah. it's just, it's insane. But I definitely agree with you what you're saying with Luca because I mean he definitely had a fucking a hard time with um you know not having his best player Tim Hardaway Jr. because he lost you know Porzingis now and the addition though I will say of having Dimwitty add to his team really helped him a lot because yep. it took him off the ball and he was able to you know not be so much the main focus the whole time so that definitely helped a lot but yeah he definitely had to handle a bigger load I would say for sure than you know with Curry and everything definitely you're definitely not wrong about that. And speaking off that, what a trade for uh, the Dallas Mavericks, getting out Porzingis in that awful contract. He couldn't stay healthy, but looked like Den Winnie couldn't be the main guy in Washington, but he's flourished as a second or third key player on the roll with the Nets and now with the Mavericks. It looks like uh, he's finding his game again, which I'm happy for. He's a good player. And, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, exciting to see the Mavericks uh, do some work in the playoffs. Um, I'm with you on the – I had Luca, and then I had Devin Booker as my shooting guard. I think what he's done with the Phoenix Suns this year, especially with Chris Paul out, uh, he's been insane. I mean, first in the first in the West, um, I had to reward him for that. I think um, 
like I said, it, it's really hard to choose first team because there's so many great players. But if I'm giving the nod, that was definitely for me, him being first with the Suns in the West and what he's been doing this year uh, is simply incredible. So those, those are my guards. I have Luca and Booker, and Jason has Luca and Steph Curry. Um, now let's get into the forwards, Jason. Who do you have for small forward and power forward? Durant and Giannis as my top uh, first teams. Yep, and I'm 100% with you on that. I have the same thing. I have Durant at small forward and Giannis at power forward. I will say this. Um, it was difficult for me to decide between Durant and Jason Tatum. They both had fantastic years. Um, I have Tatum but, in my second team because of that. He was so good, man. Yeah, exactly. They Jason Tatum has been playing insane this year for Boston. He's taken a, a leap this year in his play. He was a really good player last year, but this time, this year he's just – solidified himself as a superstar but for me when it comes to first team we're talking about the best players in the world and Kevin Durant has now played 55 games the lowest to ever be on a first team was 54 um so game wise he made just enough games for me to, to put him at small forward and he's still the best player in the world in my opinion and uh, that's why he gets the nod yeah, when he's healthy, man, Kevin Durant is unbelievable. We know we've seen that guy. Even when like for someone who comes off like first of all, for someone who comes off an Achilles injury, I mean, that's unheard of to play even better is as good as what you were before that injury. Yeah. That's just insane. He's and he's, he's go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. He's been he's been so freaking good that people I think forget that he's had a, a catastrophic uh, injury. What was it? Exactly. Almost two years ago now, when he uh, tore it again in the playoffs for uh, the Warriors. But his comeback has been unreal. He's it looks like he hasn't even missed a step. He's just insane. It's insane. I've never seen a dude like come back from injury, especially an injury like that where they come back and they just look like like butter. Like he just he can go and do his yeah. work like he needs to no matter what. And he is unguardable, bro. That man is seven foot and he can elevate over anybody. So yep. Agreed. Definitely not mistaken to have him on our top first team for sure. And then um, Giannis, I think it's pretty uh, simplified. Uh, he's just a great player. What he's been doing this year, he's a defensive of the year candidate, um, averaging over 30 points a game. I mean, what he does is, is, is crazy. He's the best forward in the world. But I will give you an honorable mention. Um, I have Pascal Siakam. He's, he's been playing very well this year. He plays in Toronto. I think he goes a little bit under the radar. He's been having a fantastic year. Um, I actually have him on my third team, funny enough, yeah. Siakam. Yep. He's also on my third team. And then uh, to finish it off, so this is a very difficult decision. Um, some people like to put uh, power forward Jokic and then Embiid center. I'm going to go the traditional way for 30 years. Uh, it hasn't changed, and I'm not going to change it now. So, with my center for first team, I'm going to go with Nikola Jokic. And uh, I, before we finish, we're, we're, we're literally splitting hairs here, but I think uh, he, he gets the nod for me. The only reason why I have Embiid is mine is because of like what you just said, the traditional big man, you know, 30 years. Embiid is that first dude since Shaq we've seen to do kind of what he's doing in the center position, I would yeah, say. Yeah, and a case for all the viewers out there, um, Joel Embiid is the first player at center to win um, scoring titles since Shaq. So he's in rarefied air. What he's been doing is simply incredible. And the reason why I'll say I can, you know, I can kind of agree with people when they push Jokic to a forward position is because, yeah, he's a big man. He does play their starting center. But the way he plays and the way he gets everybody involved and where he kind of stands on the floor a lot of the times, 
he kind of fits the mold of being able to play both positions, but even though he is listed as a center. Agreed, agreed. A lot of people are uh, – Mark. by the way, guys, uh, Mark Stein out there put on Twitter that uh, this year they're doing a little bit different. If you vote him as a forward, he gets forward votes, and if you vote um, – him as a center, they get center votes. So you don't add the votes together. So that could change some of the voting for some people. But um, for me, the, the edge was Embiid's fantastic. He's amazing player, scores, led the league in scoring, obviously. But for me, Jokic, what he does for his team as far as assists, put the team together. I mean, he's lost two of his best players. And for him, the whole package, man. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with you. That it's, dude, like, He's unreal the way he plays basketball. Yeah. And like you said, too, we've never seen someone at the center position probably play like the way he Yep, does. he's a point guard in a center's body. Uh, he's been mm -hmm. playing great. And his defense is a lot better than people give it credit for. He's nowhere near Embiid defensively, but he is a pretty damn good defender. And uh, he, can, he gets my, my nod. Um, all right. So who is your second team? Let's see. So <clears throat> second team, my two guards are John Morant and uh, Devin Booker. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I said, for my first team, I had Luca and Booker. Um, my second team, I have John Morant and Steph Curry. I would have given the nod to Steph Curry if he played the whole season, but um, over Luca actually, because I just think what Booker has done when Phoenix is simply incredible, but since Steph got hurt, he's in my second team. And John ja Morant, same thing. He got hurt, too, in the late season. And there was a ridiculous stat that Memphis went 18-2 and two or 20-2, and two, something like that, without Ja, which is just unheard of without your best player. So mm -hmm. um, it shows the, the, the depth that the Memphis Grizzlies have. But what Ja has done this year is simply incredible. And uh, he's a superstar. And uh, I'm sure a lot of teams want to build their franchise around him. And, uh, yeah, you can't go wrong. I mean, like I said, we're, we're splitting hairs here definitely splitting hairs yeah I, I like both like you said this guy the, that, that stat that you said about jaw is actually unreal that you hear that a guy's team does so much better when he wasn't playing but it's the way he's put done and especially as being such a young player and having the Grizzlies so high in the west it's just impressive so I had to put him on that second team I mean I could have put Maybe a guy or two. I may maybe Demar over him. I'm thinking Demar for a guard, yeah. but I have Demar as my forward actually in my second team. Okay, how unreal he's played this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in case you I don't know, Tatum. for the viewers out there, in case you don't know, Demar Derozan is eligible as, as a forward this year. Not all players are, but uh, there's a certain criteria that the voters use, and he's eligible at forward. So, um, Jason obviously put him as forward. So, with forwards talking about, uh, who are your two forwards? My second team is Demar and uh, Jason Tatum. Yep, I had the same exact thing. Um, obviously, we talked about Jason Tatum earlier in the pod. Uh, let's talk about uh, um, uh, DeRozan for a second. He's had an unbelievable season. Um, he almost went to the Lakers in a deal, and I felt like he was like the most unappreciated free agent this this last off season. Um, oh, yep, agreed. And what? There was a point in time where I thought DeMar DeRozan was leading the MVP race. What he's done this year is simply incredible. Um, he's Zach Levine got his guy as a second partner to, to pair him with, but he's straight up carried this team. Levine has been out and been hurt for a while. He comes in and out of games, but uh, what DeMar and they DeRozan, lost Lonzo Ball. Don't forget that. Yeah, that's right. They lost uh, Lonzo Ball. So and uh, Caruso, who's a pretty mm -hmm. important piece of that team as far as 
a scrappy guy who can do everything. So DeMardo had to really carry this team for a while. And also they lost Patrick Williams for, for a while. So uh, what he's been doing with the Bulls is simply incredible. They're now the sixth seed. They've had a, a, a losing streak and they slid to the six, but at one point they were number one in the East. So DeMar definitely gets the nod for, uh, for you and I, and then uh, for center, um, who is your center for second team? Since I kind of had everybody, oh, I actually have my joke. I have Joke at just center for my yeah. second team because I had Embiid. Yeah, that that's obviously a very hard choice between the two. I mean, I'm sure there's people. I could have put Joke at just first team. I definitely agree with you 100. Yeah, like it's, then it's, I think it's it's one A one B, and it depends on how your team plays because. Yep. If you need that guy in the paint, you're going to pick Embiid. If you need that guy who's going to, you know, let's facilitate for your team, you're picking Jokic every time. So, I yep. mean, it just Agreed. It depends what it's you need. It's a personal preference, but they've, they're both franchise players, fantastic players, and uh, oh, yeah, they're both sure. fun to watch. And then uh, who are your guards for your third team? So, I've had a little bit of trouble on that one. I've been trying to figure that out, actually, throughout the day. I want to put – Chris Paul in there just because of the season he's had and the way he's carried the Phoenix Suns yep. as a point guard. It's just been unreal. He was mine. Even though he got hurt. Um, and then I don't know who I want to put in my second guard, honestly. I, I, it's hard choice for me because so many people have played really well this season. I don't want to leave somebody off. So I'll get back to that. Let me think about that. All right. So but, with that said, uh, my two guards for NBA third team now – this is difficult, but what he's done for, for Atlanta is, is, is incredible. I have Trey Young as my shooting guard and have Chris Paul as my point guard for third team. Um, Trey Young has simply carried the Hawks. They've just been a mess all year. They've lost players coming in and out. Um, that whole management has been a mess, but he's been just the, the stiff you know, producer for that team, and he's been fantastic all year. He's averaging almost 30 points a game. I mean – he, he's doing everything for that team and they, he, he uh, even carried them to the play. And so they're doing really well, uh, Trey young and the, with the Atlanta Hawks, they just got to find a second guy um, to help him because he's really good. And I hope they figure that out soon. You know, that's actually a really good point because Trey has definitely been having a great season. You're not wrong. He's definitely been overlooked. I would say in the back because the Hawks are kind of on the bottom of the conference and they're in the play-in, but yeah, he can definitely be a third team position. I mean, I'm just looking at some stats right quick, and I just want to see something. Yeah, sure. Okay, let me pull this up. Now, for the okay, forwards, yeah. it's a little more I difficult for me. Do that. Yeah, you know, looking at the stats, I could put Trey Young as my as my third team. Yep. If it's the net and I need another point guard, you can have two guards. Yeah, that makes sense. So I have Trey, Chris Paul, DeMar as my uh, – or sorry, that was my second team. Um, my forward actually on my third team is LeBron. All right. Yep, I'm with uh, – I have LeBron as my small forward. I struggled with power forward, but for my center and third team, I'm going to go Carl Anthony Towns. He's been amazing this year. He's, That's what uh, I have too. He's put uh, Minnesota in the play-in first time in a long time. Um, the Timberwolves are going in the right place in the right direction. Uh, they finally have some stability there. So uh, I'm giving the nod to uh, Cat. He's always been a great player. It's nice to see him on a winning team now and uh, potentially make a little bit of noise in the playoffs. Um, for my power forward, um, this one was really difficult. 
Um, so I actually have Siakam there in my third team as my power forward. Yeah, um, which is a really good choice. Um, honestly, man, <laughs> it's so hard, but um, for me, I'm probably going to go with just based off the, how the rules are, I'm going to go with Bam Adebayo. That's a good pick. You can't go wrong with that. Yep. So to, to close out the third team, it's going to be Cat uh, at center, Giannis at power forward, and then my two guards were Chris Paul and Trey Young. And, um, yeah. And uh, I'm sure you have very similar to mine. So what was your third team again? I had Trey Young, Chris Paul, um, LeBron James, Pascal yep. Siakam, and Carl Anthony Towns. So, yeah, very similar. Almost very similar, except the difference is I have Bam at uh, third team and you have uh, Pascal on third team. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, NBA awards. We're going to go, in case for the viewers at home, rookie of the year, sixth man of the year, coach of the year, defensive player of the year, most improved player of the year, and then the, the famous MVP conversation, which everyone has their own opinion on. I uh, can't wait to talk about that. So, Jason, uh, let's start with the rookie of the year. Who is your rookie of the year? And before you give me an answer, I got to tell you, this has been one of the more difficult rookie of the years because I got to tell you, this draft class has been amazing. Now, there might not be a superstar in this draft, but there's going to be a lot of really, really good above average players, stars in this draft. And uh, I can't wait to start. You're definitely not wrong about that. Even on some teams that people wouldn't even think about, like funny enough, the worst team in the league has a really good player, uh, Franz Wagner. He's a yeah. baller. Uh, in case you guys don't know, don't... he plays for the Orlando Magic, went to Michigan. I believe he was the ninth pick in the draft, and uh, he's having a, a fantastic year. Yeah, he's been going crazy. I mean, even like who the, the Raptors got pretty high up, Scotty Barnes. Scotty he's Barnes, a really good yep. player. Kate Cunningham has been leading the way, though, for me. Mm-hmm. I have him as my rookie of the year because okay. Detroit has nobody, really. Yeah. It's just him, and he's got to lead the show, and he's been playing really well. He seems like the most NBA-ready, I would say. Not like all of those guys aren't NBA-ready, but since he's playing shooting guard and he has to have to deal with more, he seems to be handling it pretty well. But yeah. I'd have as a close second – Hmm. I'd either have Evan Mobley or Scotty Barnes, right? Yeah. There. And for me, my top three was Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, and Kate Cunningham. Um, I think what Mobley has done this year defensively is insane. Um, mm-hmm. especially since Jared Allen has been out. He's his rebounding has been higher, his defensive efficiency has been higher. Um, he does a lot for this team. He's truly gonna be a star in this league. His scoring has gone up a lot. Um, the Cavs really nailed this pick. Um, when they first drafted him, I didn't get the fit because they already had Jared Allen, but he's obviously proved me wrong. Um, Cleveland's going in the right direction. They got some bad guys there, man. And Darius Garland, uh, they just traded for Chris Lever. The, the, you know, the story's still out on him. He can score, but his, in, his injury history is a little concerning. But they still have Laurie Markkinen, who's hiding out there that not a lot of people know about. they got Colin Sexton. To yeah, come Colin back Sexton. They are loaded yep, with guys. Agreed. I think the one uh, thing with Cleveland, it's way loaded. They're going to make a trade. Yep. They're going to get rid of some guard that they don't need, and they're going to bring in somebody that fits their their small forward need that they're missing there. It's going to be a scoring forward. I think they'll be a one. And uh, for me, this was a very, very close second uh, as far as Mobley and Scotty Barnes. I think what Scotty Barnes has done all year is is fantastic. Um, 
I remember he's he been was so consistent. Yeah, he's been very consistent, but the Raptors got a lot of crap for uh, taking Scotty Barnes over Jalen Suggs uh, with the fourth pick in the draft. And uh, a lot of people didn't get it, but they, like I said, the Raptors are kind of like heat culture, man. They know how to draft and develop players. Um, them, that them, the heat and the Spurs are really good at what they do. And, they wanted to uh, get a guy like Kawhi, man, after yeah. they lost him to free agency. Agreed. They needed a dude who was blanky, tall, long, long arms, can play defense, and they can develop him into being a scorer. And yep. He's going to be a beast. He's, I can he, guarantee it. Agreed, man. He's been playing fantastic all year, and the Raptors definitely got a good one in Scotty Barnes. And then Cade Cunningham, who's first for you, uh, third for me. Um, Cade is obviously – his scoring efficiency is a lot better. The first week of the season, people were calling him a bust because he had a bad couple of games, but he's obviously turned the corner. Uh, Detroit has a nice player to build around. Hopefully they can nail this draft and take one more good player, and then they have a nice little duo in Detroit. And they got some players, man. They got um, – um, what's his name? The Ford uh, – Sadiq Bey, he's really well good. Oh, and Sadiq Bey showed out. Isaiah Stewart. Stu. They got some good so they, they got, they got a – yeah, they got a little bit of a nice squad going on. They can nail this pick in this upcoming draft. And uh, let's also uh, give out an honorable mention to Jalen Green. The last couple of weeks, he's been absolutely yeah. balling for the Houston Rockets, man. Um, he's been playing a lot better. Uh, like I said, I hope to... I honestly didn't think he was going to play so well. I yeah, mean, the first couple of months of the season, he had flashes of, of really good play and then, you know, up and down, up and down. Um, but when you play with Kevin Porter, who's, a, you know, shoots everything he sees, it's, it's, <laughs> very, it's very hard to... to to play that remember they also have christian wood who they have to feed the ball to so it's tougher circumstances for Jalen green but he's been playing just as good if not the best the last couple of weeks out of all the rookies so he's been playing really well as well but like i said we can both agree really good draft class and uh these guys are gonna be really good for a long time oh yeah definitely a bunch of good guys man young guys who have potential yep. I mean that's why like i said about houston man there's a bunch of young dogs who just want the ball and you know they're gonna Try and take exactly. it off on themselves, you know. <laughs> and for all you Houston Rockets fans out there, I'm sure you're aware of this player. But for people who don't follow the Rockets much, they have a nice little player, a center named Alex Segoon. He's really, really good. He's going to develop into a nice center. He's kind of like a mini Jokic. I'm not comparing him to Jokic, but he can pass, he can shoot, he can defend a little bit. So they have they have a little bit of nice things going on. Hopefully, they can uh, trade Christian Wood this off season because he doesn't fit that team and get some pieces maybe even a decent draft pick or some players and uh, they can build around that. Yeah, it should be an interesting offseason, I will say, for all these teams that are not in the in the playoffs coming up. We shall see some movement, yeah. I think. And even for the big-name teams, I mean, as we know, the Lakers didn't make the playoffs, so they're going to see a big shakeup over there probably or yep. something. And uh, for the viewers out there who don't know, the Lakers actually lose their top 10 I think 15 pick to the Pelicans because they didn't make the playoffs. So Lakers have a lot of work to do. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting off season for sure. So um, who is your sixth man of the year? And I think we can both agree it's not even close, but I'll let you answer it. So I'm going to go with Kevin Love. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going with Tyler Hero, of course, the hometown <laughs> yeah. boy. Tyler Hero. And by the way, there's been a couple of reports that Kevin Love should win the award and he's been having a really good season, but what Tyler Harrell has done this year is is incredible. He's, it's one thing I don't like about that argument that people are saying about Kevin Love is him winning is they're trying to say that because Hero is playing so many minutes, it doesn't make sense that he's a six man. But I don't understand what that has to do with being a six man. You're the guy that comes off the bench and you bring the spark for your team. That's what the definition of that six yep. man of the year is. 
I mean, Lou Williams, who won the award, and the award is pretty much named after, has done that for his whole career, come off the bench and average 30-plus minutes a game. So, yeah, I can't see the argument on that one. Lemon Pepper Lou, man, I remember that guy. (laughs) So, I think uh, I ever saw something he's going to retire. But, yeah, Tyler Hero, really good player, deserves it. He's been unbelievable for the Heat this year. Um, Can even say arguably their best scorer off the bench and on the team. So, uh, great year for him. Um, Coach of the year. Now, this one's a little bit difficult. Um, There's so many good candidates. Uh, I'm going to give you three, my top three. So with three, I'm going to go with Eric Spolstra. Um, what he's done for the, with the Heat this year is pretty damn good. Very consistent. Um, you know, remember in the beginning of the year that they lost Bam to an injury and they also had a lot of players out to, to COVID and they continue the winning streak and they're first in the East. So I definitely think being first in the East should get some recognition because the East is very tough this year. Uh, my second, now this is a very close second. I know I might get a little crap for this, but I'm going to go Monty Williams from the Suns. What he's been doing this year is fantastic. They're first in the West. The Suns are are amazing. They're really good. If you want to put Monty first, fine. I will not argue with you. And for me, the first in coach of the year is Taylor Jenkins from Memphis. No one saw this coming from Memphis. Maybe some people had them as a play-in team, a bubble team. But what Taylor Jenkins has done to basically put – them second in the West, along with the play of John Morant. And, to, and by the way, John Morant has been out for a significant amount of time, and they've won 18-2 without um, Ja, which is very, very impressive. And uh, to lock up that tough Western Conference with the second seed, I think uh, the nod goes to Taylor Jenkins. But what about you, Jason? So I'm kind of <clears throat> in the same boat as you, I'll say. Um, I love my dog, Eric Spolstra. Obviously, we're both hometown Miami Heat fans here. So we can't deny that, you know, fact there. Um, but, yeah, definitely I'll give him my third spot there. Um, and I'm actually going to lump Monty Williams in there at number three with Eric Spolstra just because, yeah, we know we both both led the leagues in our conferences, number one, you know, but we actually have pretty good deep teams, you know, and they definitely yeah. did a good job with managing it all there. Um, number two, funny enough, just because of how they finished the season and how well – they were playing recently. I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics head coach. He has been on a tear. Lately. Yeah, you know, he's a... Uh, is it Nate McMillan is the coach? No, no. no uh, I can't remember his name. Udo, Udo, something like that. Udo, that's sorry. Yeah. That was the new guy that hired. Udo, he used yeah, to... He came from the Nets uh, last Nate year. Nate McMillan was staff. the Pacers coach. That's yep. what I'm mixing him up, yeah. Um, yeah, Udo, he is a really good up-and-coming coach. I like that move by them by moving Brad Stevens into the front office because it didn't seem like he was meshing too well as a coach anymore. He wanted to have more power. So it looks like, you know, that was a good move by them. Yeah, and, and uh, speaking, on, speaking on that, uh, beginning <laughs> of the year, uh, people were already calling for his job. You know, he was going after his players yeah. every couple of games, and uh, they didn't think he was the right guy. And then they went on this win streak, and it seems that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown really respect him along with the rest of the team, um, which is very important in this league today because you don't respect your coach. You're never going to go anywhere. I mean, look at the situation exactly. in L.A. Uh, Vogel just got fired. It, that that was a circus. So Celtics definitely got a good one there. And remember, Brad Stevens, the old coach, is now the GM. So he's definitely know the coaching spot, and that team's going in the right direction. Definitely, yeah, man. And Celtics are not forced to be regular. They peak at that night at the perfect time of the season. They're going yep. to the playoffs playing their best basketball. So yep. that is going to be a scary sight for anybody. And the uh, number one choice number for one, you I'm is? Going with Taylor Jenkins, like you did, you cannot deny what he's done with the Grizzlies and the young team and the talent. They've done a great job. And he, like you said, Josh's been out for so long and they're winning that many games still without him. 
you cannot deny that. You got to give the nod to him. Yeah. And uh, I know to, to all you Phoenix Suns fans out there, you're probably going to say, oh, my God, you know, what are you doing? I don't. If you want to put Monty Williams number one and Taylor Jenkins number two or Udo number three or Spold, whatever it is, I will respect it. But uh, it's pretty clear that Monty Williams and Taylor Jenkins should be one and two or vice versa. They both had great seasons, and I'm not going to argue with you either way. Um, let's get into the defensive player of the year. And this one I've really struggled with. But It's uh, been a hard choice for me too, but I'm going to actually stick with my hometown guy just because of what he's had to do this year and the amount of switching that he has done all year. So I'm going to go with Bam Adebayo for my mm-hmm. pick. But it's in a close tie or a close second, I would say, that I can – like, you can be the easy way out like most of these guys do, and they give it to Rudy Gobert. Like, I love Rudy Gobert. He's a great player. He's not, like, some, you know, bad center in it that he plays really great yep. defense. But he does not switch like these guys have to switch, these other dudes. And they do not have to guard every one through five player. I mean, we've seen him go on a guy and get turned around on a crossover plenty of times. So, you know, it's not like – he's the best defender on the three-pointer for a big man or anything like that. We already know who that is, but yeah, I'll either go with Bam or funny enough, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. You know, this is a very difficult uh, award because it's very hard for guards to win because they don't guard all five, but what Marcus Smart has done this year, defensively, defensively has been insane. Um, he's incredible. Um, He's definitely a great candidate. Um, but for me, and by the way, if Bam out of bio, he does guard all five positions. He's been playing really well. You and I know we're both Miami Heat fans, huge homers of the team. Um, so we watch him every game. We can see what he does. He's fantastic. But for me, my number – and I'm going to give you three. So my number three is actually Giannis. Um, what he's done all year is, fan- is incredible. Um, you know, with Brooke Lopez out, remember, he's been out for a long time. He had to be the main center for that team. I mean, Bobby Porter's plays power forward, but his mm-hmm. defending is is not atrocious, but it's it's not good to say the least. Giannis has definitely been unreal, but I look at the, I look at the stats, and he's pretty much averaging the same for his block and a steal. And I know you can't go based off of stats for sure. You know, it's yeah. more on impact and everything on game. And he's definitely done a lot more this season. Yep. But if he had done maybe – and increase more like in defensive, you know, on the blocking side and stuff like that and steals, then yep. I would definitely have to agree with you on that for sure. And he also guards all five positions as well. That's a mm-hmm. big key for me, guarding all five. Um, number we'll two. This season, sorry, I'll cut you off about that. I will say this season, he did start guarding um, the main player a lot. Like he was not last season before because they had PJ Tucker and everything like that who would go and guard Durant and yep. things like that. This season now, Giannis has been going out. He's been guarding the best player. Yep. So I can't deny that. I'll piggyback off that, man. That's uh, a good opinion, and uh, I agree. Number two for me um, is definitely going to be Bam Adebayo. Uh, like we said earlier, it covers all five positions. He was just on the old band in the three other day, and he was, you know, very, very um, – gave himself pride, which is nice to see how hard he plays and how he, he wants to put the world on notice that he covers all five positions, which is a big deal in the NBA. He's a really good defender. He's taken a huge step this year defensively. So proud of Bam. Um, but for me, number one, um, it's going to surprise a little bit of people, but I've been looking at his stats and he doesn't cover a center, but he covers everything else at a lockdown lockdown rate. And for me, it's Mikhail Bridges from the Phoenix Suns. Um, I have him on my list as well. He is incredible defensively. He's taken a huge step since he's been drafted. He's scoring way more. 
defensively, he's the anchor of that team. Um, he tells everyone where to go. He's made DeAndre Aiden better. Um, he steals. Everything he does is a winning play for that team, and uh, he's, he's a hell of a defender, and I personally think he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. But it's, it's like I said, with all these awards, it's personal preference, and uh, it's always really close, and uh, can't go wrong about either one. But if, if I had to give the nod, it's definitely Mikkel Bridges from the Phoenix Suns. I'm going to throw out another name for you here that's uh, like just an honorable mention. He's been playing on real defense over there in Memphis, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yes, he has. Um, his defense has been amazing this year. Yeah. And in case you guys don't know who that is, Jaron Jackson is the center slash power forward because Adams is there. But his defending from the Memphis Grizzlies has, has been insane this year. So, um, like I said, there's a lot of good candidates. Um, we didn't do defensive first team this year because I have to watch more to understand that. But as far as defending, it doesn't take much. I mean, the, these guys are incredible what they do. So um, I players I can name for one first team if you want. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Let's hear it, Jason. I'm sure uh, some so, people want to know. My first team is actually – I have a lot of the guys – well, two of the guys you named is Smart and Bridges are my guards. Well, I'm not even going by guards, just by players. I'm just going to name the guys. My first team is Smart. Bridges, Jaron Jackson Jr., Bam Adebayo, and then Rudy Gobert. My second team was Holiday, Thibault from Philadelphia, Draymond Green, Adonacumpo, and then Robert Williams from the Celtics. Yeah, Robert Williams. Yeah. By the way, that's a great list. And in case you guys don't know, Thibault is the forward from Philadelphia. His his scoring is suspect, but defensively, he's up there as top five, top ten defenders. He's, he's an elite defender. He's awesome man he plays such good on ball defense it's, it's unreal that's why the Sixers are so hesitant to give him up in a trade and they prefer to give up Curry because his defense is insane uh he he really makes a huge difference he's the anchor of that defense Joel Embiid is there that helps a lot but he covers one through four um just as good as anyone in the league and he's only 25 years old yes he is um so that's a good list Jason um I'm if I was making one I would probably agree with you on all your picks and uh yeah man it's gonna be fun the awards come out soon so we'll see what happens and then um we have last but my favorite category of the, the awards is the most improved player um this is also very difficult but i'll let you go first who is your most improved players but three one to one my favorite but if I, I don't actually have a list of a bunch i didn't go through it like that i just kind of picked, picked one sure on top of them all and it's my favorite guy that I've liked for a long time since he got drafted out, Mr. DeJounte Murray down there in San Antonio. Yes, he's he he's really stepped it up this crazy. year. Yep. He has uh, been playing unreal for that team, and they're in the play-in, I believe, right? Yep, they are in the play-in. And just to so give you guys right just to give you guys a perspective on how well the most improved player for DeJounte Murray is for Jason. He averaged 15 points last year of five assists. This year he's taking a huge leap. To averaging 21 points and nine assists a game for the Spurs. Very, very impressive, to say the least. Um, I'm going to give you my three in order. So with number three, I'm going to go Darius Garland. Um, what he's done this year, he's taken a huge leap for the Cavs. Uh, he's put them in the playoff position. He's missed a couple games, but he was an all-star, first-time all-star this year for Cleveland and well-deserved. Averaged 17 points and six assists last year. This series averaging 22 points and eight assists. So very impressive. Number two for me, and I'm not comparing these guys. We're just going off what we see. John Morant, uh, what he's done this year is incredible. I mean, 19 points to 27 and then 
dropped down a little bit in assists from seven to six, but you know what? Doesn't matter. He's 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 an incredible player. He's turned him from a star to a superstar. He's a franchise player and arguably the face of the league at this point. So he's been unbelievable. And then number one for me is the man out of Charlotte, Miles Bridges. Um, he's taken a ginormous leap this year. He's, he's amazing this he's, year. Defending has been good, but what stands out to me is his points from 12 to 20 is what he's averaging. And he went from – Oh, is that – I didn't realize it was that much. Wow. Yeah, he's – he's uh, he's – been incredible for the and he's and the best part for miles bridges he chose a great year to uh improve because it's a contract year for him and i don't see the hornets letting him walk he's probably gonna get close to the max if not the max so good for miles bridges uh lamella ball has a nice piece out there and uh, hopefully the hornets can figure it out soon and uh win some games but uh miles bridges has definitely been my most improved player this year i'll give you a couple other guys that you can name uh, yeah sure mentions too as well um desmond bain from Grizzlies as well. Yes, he's been playing very great. well. And also uh, Anthony Simons and the Blazers because Lillard, with Lillard out, he took a huge step up and started playing a lot more and started after having a score and doing a lot more facilitating for that team. So that's another player who's like definitely take a jump in his game yep. and gets an honorable mention, I would say. In case you guys don't know, and Fernie Simmons has been the second half of the season when Damian Lillard went out, he's arguably, no, it's not arguably, he is their best player. Um, mm. he's scoring. Especially since they lost McCollum. Yep, he's averaging over 20 points a game. They they really nailed that draft piece. He's turned into a really nice player. Um, the Blazers have a chance to really do something special as far as build a team up. We'll see if they're going to trade Lillard or not. I'm not a believer they will. They say they do, but it's the NBA. We don't know what to believe. The right offer comes. I think they'll take it. But the, the Blazers definitely have a piece to build around an Inferni, and they have Josh Hart out there. They could really put this rebuild pretty fast if they hit it on their picks and um, see what they can get for Lillard. So that's a good honorable mention, Jason. And um, yeah, now to the most famous award that everyone cares about the most, the most, you know, this is, in my opinion, the hardest MVP race I've ever seen since I've been watching the NBA for 15 years. It's so close. Um, and like I said, this is one of those things where if you told, told me this guy's one, this guy's two, this guy's three, I, I wouldn't argue with you. Um, I'm going to go with my MVP and my MVP is Nicole, Nikola Jokic. And I'll tell you why, um, NBA record wise, the Denver nuggets are 48 and 34. The Sixers are 51 and 31 and the bucks are 51 and 31. So the game difference is really not that much. Um, but Jokic is averaging 27 points a game, 13 rebounds a game, eight assists per game, which is insane for a center. And uh, around a block a game, but he's shooting over 58% from the field and 33 from three-point range, which is very impressive. But here's my thing with Nikola Jokic. Giannis has Middleton and Drew Holiday, which is a huge help. Joel Embiid had, before they got the James Harden trade, he had Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey took a huge step this year. By the way, one of the candidates for most improved player, I forgot to mention him, he's had a fantastic season this year. Um the point guard out of the, out of the Sixers. Uh, so, but for me, Jokic, what he's done is, is, is insane. Basically they beginning of the year or Jamal Murray tore his ACL last year and Michael Porter jr. I think played a couple games and got hurt and he's been basically gone the whole season. 
So he's been doing this with absolutely no help. Yeah, they got Monte Morris. He's a nice player, but no one who's going to you know change his team significantly. I mean, Jokic has straight up put this team on his back. He's put this team to six in the West, which is just insane. Um, like I said, it's a really close race, but what Jokic has been doing all year, for me, he's the MVP, most valuable player to his team. Um, and if you want to, if you want to tell me it's Embiid or Giannis, fine. But what I think, it, what I think Jokic has done is, is, is simply just insane. Um, he's put, he single-handedly put the Nuggets to the sixth seed. His assist would be a lot higher. He's averaging eight assists per game. If he had Murray and Porter Jr. back, it'd easily be, he could honestly average a triple-double if he had those two guys back. So uh, what he's done is incredible. He's my MVP. And um, who's, your, who's your MVP, Jason? So I was, you know, actually going to go Embiid as my MVP just because, of, you know, he's had a dominant season, you know, and he's just been going crazy. Yeah. And usually with the way they vote MVP nowadays now is you have – if you're a former MVP – they take that into account. And if I your season wasn't agree better, you know, you have to, you know, you don't really should get counted most. It's kind of weird, but at the same time, I, I can see what they do. Like but I said, I'm I like to call here. it the, I like to call it the LeBron effect because when he was in his prime, when he was in his third, oh, low 30s, he should have won, won MVP five, six years in a row. So I definitely think the voters get a little bored and use that against you if you won, won the previous year or the year before that. Anyways, to finish what you're sure. saying. For sure, for sure. And I, I think you're definitely right. It's the LeBron effect, too, because, yeah, we saw him in Miami and even just in Cleveland, but the way he was playing was just unreal. We had never seen somebody like that before and play with just, you know, I mean, except for Michael Jordan, obviously. But um, it's – I'm going to go with Nikola Jokic, actually, after you saying that, because I'm looking at his stats right now and I have them lined up here in front of me. He's played more games than actually Giannis and Joel because he hasn't missed as much. He's averaging 27.1 points per game, which is just a bit less than them. I mean, pretty much 30 right there. Taking less shots than both of them and shooting at a higher efficiency. So I guess, you know, you can take that as it is, but he's shooting almost 60% from the field. Um, yeah, which is just insane two point line. for a center. And then he's shooting over 30 from three, which is going to mean Giannis is shooting 29% from three and beat is close to 40, which is, I mean, ungodly for a big man too. But let's and then let's keep going. He's uh, free throw rating is about the same as Embiid. He averages more rebounds, more assists, more steals, and just the just less block. That's it. But his efficiency rating is higher. Yep. And uh, I'd have to give it to Jokic, man. Now that you've been saying that, I'm looking at all these stats. I mean, you can give an honorable mention to Mr. Doncic as well. Yeah. Uh, by the way, my four and five unreal. were definitely Doncic and Booker. Uh, they're they're very well honorable mentions. And to uh, by the way, and, and most people know, Giannis was my MVP before two days ago. I thought what he did just basically, you know, giving up the last two games of the season to a potentially avoid the nets was a big deal for me. You know, I don't want an MVP who's scared to play a team. Um, so I had Jokic, uh, what he's done all year is fantastic. And by the way, I'm not taking anything away from Embiid. If you want to call him MVP, fine. He he's very well deserving. His numbers are insane. <laughs> he's averaging 30 points a game, 12 rebounds a game, two and almost two blocks a game, shooting 50% from the field and 37% from three. And then Giannis is averaging just under 30 points, 11, almost 12 rebounds a game. Six assists per game, one and a half blocks a game. He's shooting 
from the field, which is a huge jump for Giannis. Every year he gets better. Every year his field goal percentage gets a lot better. And uh, his three-point percentage is, is 30%. But you take that with Giannis, man. He, every year he improves his game. And before we end the MVP talk, I think you and I can agree they're all valuable to their team. They're all really good. Um, oh, yeah. That's that's why if you put any of them first, I won't argue with you, but what I think an MVP is the most valuable player to your team. If Jokic was taken off the Nuggets, they wouldn't even be close to the playoffs. So they, they, they would arguably be the worst team in the league this year, considering their injuries with Michael Porter and uh, Jamal Murray out. So what Jokic has done this year is incredible. It's carried this team to the playoffs, six seed, and they have a chance to get out the first round. So definitely been an unreal season for all these guys, man. They are playing unreal basketball and just the talent that we have in this league is on another level. Yep. Agreed, man. So those are our NBA awards. Um, it's going to be fun. I think the, the, the official announcement of the awards is this week end. We'll see uh, if we got any of them right, but those are ours. Uh, tell us what you think in the comments below when, when this pod is released. And uh, time for uh, Jason and I, our favorite time of the year, man, the NBA playoffs. Uh, this year we have the play-in. Um, it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, we're going to give our takes and uh, our matchups and who we think is going to go all the way and win. So um, let's get into it, Jason. Obviously, the, the official season uh, ended yesterday. The Pacers uh, pulled away late and beat – or the sorry, the Nets pulled away late and beat the Pacers – but uh, this is definitely going to be an interesting um, playoffs, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be one of the best in a while. The East and the West are finally both very, very competitive. I think it's the first time in a long time you can say the East is stronger than the West this year. That's how that's how uh, talented. I can definitely, yeah, I can definitely agree with you on that. I haven't seen that in a long, long time. <laughs> yep. So let's start with the playing games, man. So we have um, officially. The, the, the bracket uh, the NBA posted with all the games ending yesterday. So we have the seven and eight seed. The winner of that game becomes the seven seed and the eight seed would play nine and 10. So let's start off with the eight versus seven in the East side, which is Cleveland against the Nets. Who's your pick here and why? And both, they both finished with the exact same record of 44 and 38. So uh, who do you have in that one, Jason? As much as I love the way the Cavs have been playing, I think we know that uh, Mr. Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to handle business over there and yep. try and get them to that playoffs. I totally agree. I think they're going to lock the seven seed. Now, here's where it gets interesting. So then Cleveland would slide to the eight for now, and they would be waiting, waiting the winner of the 9-10 game with the Atlanta Hawks and the Charlotte Hornets. Um, to me, this game's a toss-up. Um, both of them are not going to really do anything as far as make noise. Um, and let me say before, the only one of these playing games on the East that I can even see winning a series or two is Brooklyn Nets. But uh, if I had to make a pick for the Charlotte-Atlanta game, I'm probably going to go Atlanta because they went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They have the experience in the playoffs, and Trey Young is really good. And Yeah, they have LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges, my most improved player. But uh, I think Atlanta has, has the more veteran coach and has the best player in this, in this series or this playoff matchup. So I'm taking the Hawks. Yeah, I would say I think they'll take the Hawks. I mean, we know the Cavs have been playing really well. You know, they're definitely a good success yep. story this season. But I don't think they're going to be going far in the playoffs. Yep, I agree. Going into the playoffs because it's just experience beats, you know, talent. So – 
for the fans out there who doesn't who don't know the play-in tournament, the winner of the 10-9 game would play the eight seed, which in this case, in our predictions, would be the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, the Cleveland Cavaliers are the eight seed, and uh, let's say Atlanta wins; they're the nine seed. So Atlanta would have to beat Cleveland twice, while Cleveland only has to win once for them to be the eight seed. So it's going to be very interesting. Um, I will tell you this. I do think Atlanta has a chance to beat Cleveland. I'll tell you why. The loss of Jared Allen has been huge for them. I'm not sure if he's going to be back in time. Um, we'll see. But uh, Garland, Laurie Markinen, Evan Mobley's there. And, you know, Clint Capella is a nice player for the Hawks. He's nothing special. But I think the just – the greatness of Trey Young and what he's when he's able to do any night, he could he could put up a fifty piece anytime he wanted to. Um, Don't forget the quote unquote six men of the year, yep. Kevin Love. Yep, yeah, that's right. They have the Kevin Love. So if I had to make a pick, I'm gonna take the Cavaliers. But don't sleep on the Hawks if they if they play the Cavs in the play-in tournament. Um, I think they have a chance, but I think Cleveland pulls away. And with that said, we would have a 1-8 matchup for the Miami Heat against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And everyone knows we love the Miami Heat. And I think they, they make a massive, massive improvement. And they dodge a huge bullet and not playing the Nets in the first round. Anyone knows me knows I was um, – I'm not going to say scared, but a little worried to play the Nets. I'm sorry. Kevin Durant's the best player in the world. He can single handedly win a series. But there's reports out there that Ben Simmons is going to come back. I don't see it. And even if he does, he's not going to have an impact. You're going to throw him into the playoffs and, he, and expect him to, to do well. He shot 37% from the free throw line. He has these so-called back spasms, which I, I highly doubt is true. I don't believe – can't really believe anything he's saying at this point. But uh, <laughs> the, I think the Heat dodge a massive, massive bullet for the Nets or playing the Nets and play Cleveland in the first round. And – uh, yeah, man, that means Boston would play the seven seed and that would be the Brooklyn Nets. And uh, what do you think about that, Jason? What do you think about the whole outcome? So before we start, what are your what are your seven and eight? Who's your seven and eight seed? I pretty much agree with you what you say were the winners right there. I think, you know, we're going to see the Nets come in to get seven and then the um, eight seed probably sneak in as Atlanta. Yep. And, you know, because you said they have that experience and everything like that. And they went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Yep. But, um, yeah, I'm thinking that it's going to be those two. And then if the Celtics have to play them, it's going to be definitely a tough It's going to be because, you know, it can go to six or seven games unless, you know, for injuries or anything like that. But, I mean, Tatum, you know, can definitely go shot for shot with Durant. Yep. You know, we all know that. He, it's not like he's some pushover. And then Jalen Brown plays just as good defense as anybody else in this league, and they have – enough guys to throw at Kyrie Irving and stuff like that to make it just so Kevin Durant maybe has to, yeah, you know, agreed. be the one that wins the game for them. So I think that agreed. series could be pretty so we'll, tough. And we'll get back. Go. Yeah, agreed. 100% what you said, Jason. It's going to be a tough series. We'll get back into that in just a second. I want to finish the playing tournaments on the other side before we take a deep dive into our predictions of the, the regular seed uh, playoffs. So we have um, – the LA Clippers with the eighth seed. And remember, they just got Paul, back Paul George, who's been out for a significant amount of time with an injury. They would play the seventh seed, Minnesota. The winner of that game would become uh, the seventh seed. So they would be in. Then the loser of this game would, would have to play the winner of the Pelicans, San Antonio Spurs game. This is a little bit harder than people think. I think a lot of people are going to lean towards the Pelicans, and I, they are my pick. But I think the the really good play of DeJounte Murray is gonna is gonna be very interesting. Remember, 
I actually think I can actually see the Spurs winning the first game, but I just don't see them winning two in a row against the Pelicans. I mean, the Pelicans have CJ McCollum, who's been just who's just changed that team. Pelicans finally want to trade in that. And uh, Brandon Ingram has been unbelievable for this team all year. He's been hurt for a bit, but he's they have two really good scores to score from anywhere on the floor. And uh, I just think with Jonas, Jonas Valanciunas in center, uh, you know, they have they have good players who have playoff experience. And the Spurs, yeah, they have one of the greatest coaches of all time. DeJounte Murray is nice. But uh, so that's my pick, man. I, I have the Pelicans playing um, the Minnesota Timberwolves for the – no, the L.A. Clippers for the eight seed. What's your take on that, Jason? Um, that's a pretty good choice right there. I'll say. And by the way, I my mistake, uh, the 10-9 only has to win one game. So whoever wins that game is going to be the the so-called nine seed against the eight seed game. The eight seed, nine seed game is, is different. So that's my mistake. But basically, who do you have winning a one game playoff between those two teams, between 10 and 9? I think the Spurs have a really good chance of winning, but like you said, with C.J. McCollum and everything, I definitely think the Pelicans will probably take that. Yep, I agree. Which brings us the famous question. That means the L.A. Clippers would be playing the New Orleans Pelicans in the 8-9 seed matchup game. This is very interesting because the Clippers got back Paul George. And Reggie Jackson, by the way, has been on a tear this season. He's been one of their best players. He's been very, very – he's rejuvenized his career with the, with the Clippers. He was almost out of the league to, uh, to becoming a very important piece for this team against the Pelicans. So the Pelicans would have to win two games, and the Clippers would have to win one. Um, what do you see happening in that, Jason? You, you think the Pelicans can pull it off and win two in a row? I think the Clippers will take that. I mean, Paul George has been playing really good since he came back, and yep. the Clippers just have a lot of depth. And they got Zubak out there, uh, one of my uh, favorite underrated centers in the league. Man, he's a good player. Uh, I tend to agree with you, man. Paul George is back. Um, I don't believe any of the reports that Kawhi is going to be playing this year. If he was, I think he'd be out there already. Um, I think they're all in for next season. But they also have, in my opinion, one of the best coaches in the NBA, Tyron Lue. I think they're going to get it done. So I think uh, the seventh seed is going to be Minnesota, and the eighth seed will be the Clippers, which means Phoenix would play L.A., Clippers in the first round and Memphis would play Minnesota in the first round. So now that we know all the seedings in our, in our predictions, let's start with the West and let's give our picks and uh, who we think was going to make it all the way to the finals in that one. So let's start with um, Minnesota against Memphis. Who do you have coming out of that one? Um, I love both teams. Let's see, but. The Timberwolves, you know, I will say they have a lot of big guys. But Memphis, I mean, they're just a stack when it comes to depth on the bench. And Steven Adams has been playing a really good position in the center for them. And he can probably maybe not disrupt fully Carl Anthony Towns. You know, no one can stop Carl Anthony Towns and what he does. But he'll definitely slow him down. Um, I'll take the Grizzlies because I think that's just the guard power that the Grizzlies have will overpower I, what the Timberwolves have. I agree. I, by the way, I, uh, anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge Minnesota supporter as far as, you know, hyping up their team. Um, I think they finally got over the hump this year. D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and Cat is not a team to joke around with. They have some 
talent up there, but what Memphis has done this year, it's just, they're so consistent, even off their superstar. Um, I will probably give Minnesota a game. I think it's going to be end up being a four, one series uh, Memphis, four games to Minnesota's one win. We'll see. Maybe they can sneak another game, but I don't see this going past six games. What about you? How many games? Yeah, I'll say six maximum, but I think five is the best number. Four to one seems about right. Yep. Good. All right. So uh, our first pick is Memphis Um, going on to the next round. And then we have Phoenix against the LA Clippers in our predictions for the next matchup. And um, I'll start, Jason. I think we can both agree Phoenix is going to win this series. It's a nice story that Paul George came back. What the Clippers have done this year without their two best players from the majority of the year is a really nice story. Um, but I don't see them winning more than one game. Phoenix is just insane at home. I think they've lost less than 10 games at home, which is just insane. Um, and mo- the majority of the games are going to be home. Maybe the LA Clippers steal one at home. I actually don't see it. Ha- I think this is a clean sweep. I think it's 4 nothing Phoenix. What about you? Uh, I don't know if they're going to sweep in, but I definitely think they're going to win. I think that's another 4-1 series just because the Clippers got that firepower to be able to at least win one game. And we've seen um, definitely stuff happen on the Suns teams where they can get, you know, maybe not flustered, but they are, their shot's not going down like they normally like it to go. And stuff can happen, but it's either going to be a sweep or a 4-1 series. I yep, think, so. I agree. Um Let's do the next series between the Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets. Now, before we give our predictions, there was uh, numerous reports out there that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. will be back for the playoffs. Michael Porter Jr. has been ruled out for the rest of the season. Um, There's still lingering reports that Jamal Murray might come back. I don't see it happening. Um, And if he does come back, I don't see him making a much of an impact. To just be thrown right into the playoffs and uh, have a huge impact, I think, is very difficult. We saw that with... A couple of players this year, Oladipo, who's just who's really talented. It's still taking him a lot of time just to get back up and ramped up. So for me, uh, but this is still a legitimate series because we don't know the health of Steph Curry. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we've seen the Warriors go on a losing streak for a bit. Um, Draymond Green hasn't been himself since he's came back. Defensively, he's been great. Scoring-wise, his numbers have dropped. But Jordan Poole has had, had a fantastic year. By the way, another – candidate for uh, most improved player of the year. He should be in that conversation as well. But uh, for me, Nikola Jokic is my MVP. I love the Nuggets, but I just see the Warriors winning. I actually see this going seven games, believe it or not. And I actually see the Warriors winning this series simply because of the home team. And I think their playoff experience uh, is going to show they have a a, a multi-champion coach and Steve Kerr. I think they're going to get it done. What about you, Jason? Yeah, I can I can definitely agree with you on that. It's um definitely going to be probably seven games, maybe six game series. Uh, much as we love the Nuggets and you know probably our MVP role right there that we said, Jokic. I think the Warriors are overpowered, especially with the way Clay's been coming back and playing, and the way you know Steph Curry's going to be back there, and that's the engine for that team right there. Draymond playing at hundred percent if he is. I don't think the Nuggets can just stop that with just Jokic. Yep, one hundred percent agreed. And then um, one of my favorite series, uh, the Dallas Mavericks against the Utah Jazz. Um, personally, if it's unfortunate, but yesterday, Luca, uh, there's reports that he might be out for a while. We'll see. Wojnarowski said it's a strained left calf. Um, I hope it's nothing serious. I just don't see him coming back for the first 
two games. But Luka's a competitor. Maybe he'll miss a game. Um, this is a very hard series because if Dallas had Luka the whole time, I think this wouldn't even be a contest. I think Dallas would win 4-2. Um, now that he might miss some time, um, this is a, honestly a toss-up. So I'm going to hand this to you first. Who do you think is going to come out of this series? Well, we'll have to see what's going on. Uh, I mean, with Luca's status, I saw that thing about his cap as well. But, you know, with him, like, you know, they he kind of likes to play through injuries sometimes. So we'll see how that goes. But he has a week um, pretty much now to rest and, you know, get back to what he can do. And if he maybe not 100% that first game, probably will be a big teller because if he can't, you know, play up to par and match to match with um, Mr. Mitchell there, Donovan Mitchell, then it's going to be a bit of a hard one. So we'll see what's going on on that. Um, but I think the Mavs will take it, you know, just because they have, they've, they've been playing amazing. You know, they want, they're on that kind of run right now. They've won the last four games then the season actually. Yep. And, and the resurgence of Dinwiddie has really, really helped them. It's been a key piece for them this year. It's going to be a big part, but the jazz have a really good team. We know we have, they have very good defense. They're like, they've kind of been in the situation a lot now. And then we see the frustrations boiling over there. It looks like with Mitchell and you know the Jazz are not being able to take the leap. Yep. So we'll see what happens. And now there was an insane stat. First round. There was an insane stat that just came out recently that Mitchell only passes <laughs> Gobert the ball two times a game. A little bit less than that. It's <laughs> just uh, uh, in today's game, that's just unheard of. But you know, for me, I'm gonna actually choose the Utah Jazz. Before I had the Dallas, but with the news of Doncic, I know that there's reports he's probably gonna come back. And uh, but I think he's it's been a lingering issue all year. Um, I'm going to go with the Jazz, man. I, I think they're going to nail it out this one. I think it's going to be a close series. I think it's going to be Jazz and six. Um, OK, Jazz and six. That's understandable. But yeah, I, I can see why. I, I will tell you this. If the Jazz, well, regardless where the Jazz, unless the Jazz win, make the finals, I think this is the last year we see this Jazz team as is. I think Donovan Mitchell is going to be on the go. I think Rudy Gobert is going to be on the go. There's numerous reports that Quinn Schneider is going to take the Spurs job because um, Popovich is going to retire at the end of the year. This team is going to have a massive blow up, in my opinion. So this might be the last time we see the Jazz with this team. And uh, so uh, we'll see what happens, man. But it's going to be definitely an interesting offseason for Utah. But I do see them coming out of the first round. Remember, they also have Bogdan Bogdanovich, who is a sneaky three-point shooter. They have former six men of the year, Jordan Clarkson. So they have some pieces. Uh, I think they're going to come out of the first round. I, I know Luca's really good, but he's a key, key part. He's an MVP candidate for that team. And if he's not close to 100%, uh, even if he's at 60%, I just think Utah's going to pull it out in six games. So those are our predictions for the West. Uh, just a side note on that last thing about the Jazz. A big thing people don't realize is how much they miss Mr. Joe Ingles. Yes, Joe Ingles is... A lot of people don't understand why Joe Ingles is big for that team, but Joe Ingles is, man. He he's he's a decent three point shooter, but he is the captain of that team. He he, he puts was everything heart together. And soul, man. He is. He remember kept the, the glue that kept them together. Yep. He was there like you, Donis. Two years much. ago with that. Uh, yep, yeah, you're right, man. Two years ago, when that whole COVID situation came out, there was a really big beef between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles was in the middle of it. He anchored that team. They even won a playoff series that year. I mean, he's so important to that team. They traded him. I actually do think they end up re-signing him this offseason. But like I said, Utah. I think so too. I think Utah is, is, is I think at least one of their stars is going to go and Gobert. 
And Mitchell, remember, they also have a uh, trader Danny Ainge down there now as their GM. And they have Mr. Wade, former uh, Heat legend here, who's, uh, I guess, what, one of the presidents for Utah. So we're, we're going to see what happens. Definitely an interesting offseason. But I, Jason's pick is Dallas. My pick is Utah. And uh, we'll go from there. So we all know Pat Riley sent Mr. Wade there. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> conspiracy. There's conspiracy theories trying to recruit. Uh, Donovan Mitchell to the Heat, quit his job and come back to the Heat. That would be the ultimate uh, Heat legend move by uh, Wade. All right, so um, our next matchups would be Memphis against, I think it would be, wait, let's see. Memphis is the two seed. Phoenix is one. So Phoenix would actually end up playing uh, Utah. So who do you have in that series? If Phoenix played Utah, so based on what our predictions are, or yeah, um, so, uh, well, either way, it would be it would be Phoenix or Dallas, or or Utah and Dallas, either way. So, um, yep. So whoever, who do you have? Phoenix. Well, either one of those two teams. I think Phoenix will take that because they're on a mission this year, man. After losing in the finals that year to the Lakers, they are pissed. <laughs> I think they're the most complete team we've seen in a while in the NBA. They have everything. Uh, Chris Paul's back just in time. Um, whether, regardless, the Lakers, sorry, the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks. Regardless if they play Dallas or Utah in this series, I see Phoenix coming out max uh, in six games. My, I think my if I'm if I'm just gonna pick right, you have the two teams I'm gonna say that could come out. Number one, Phoenix. I think I want to say the Warriors, bro, just because I. You know, their their experience and their you know they have really good depth you know Steve Curry's a good coach and they're gonna have I mean Clay Dre and Steph you know the original trio back and if they're back at 100 percent that is a scary team for anybody to face I don't care what position you are or who you have on yeah, your team I agree man that is a hard team for people to play I, I do think but, Steph will come back within the second round at, at best or at worst I should say um they so, said he's out for the first round already uh no no i'm not sure i'm just assuming let's say he misses okay. the first i still think they're going to come out even without him in the first round um so obviously our pick regardless of if it's dallas or utah in the second round we have phoenix um i i have them no more than six games um i'm, I'm assuming you're choosing phoenix too obviously after what you just said about them <clears throat> yeah i'm gonna take phoenix so that leaves us to Golden State against Memphis. Now, this is going to be an extremely awesome series. It's going to be some fun basketball to watch. Um, ah, man, I don't want to be on the bandwagon, but I really believe Memphis is going to win this series. I think this is the great play of Memphis. I also think the home court advantage is a huge, huge plus in this series. I actually think this is going to go seven games, and I think Memphis and, and this, the, the awesome death of Memphis – who have, who's proven to be 18 and two without jaw. I think they're going to pull it out, man. I think they're going to get to the Western conference finals. What about you? Yeah. You know, Memphis is, like I said, they're on a nice run this season for sure. They have a lot of behind them and the, you know, the Memphis, we all know that's the grind house. We remember those teams back in the day, Mike Conley, Zach Randolph, Mark Gasol, they grinded it out with all the defense and they were low scoring games, but this is different what they have been doing. These guys have been scoring They've been playing, they've been going all out, and they have been grinding in a different type of way. So, you know, if I'm really going with my heart, I'll want to pick the Memphis Grizzlies. If I'm going with a bet, 
like Mr. Barkley would say, safe money, I'll go with the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, man. Mr. Charles Barkley, always famous for the, the memes, man. He's, he's great. Um, yeah, I can't uh, go against you on either pick, but for me, it's probably Memphis. Um, and then, obviously, for you, it's Phoenix and Golden State. And for me, it's Phoenix and Memphis. And for me, Memphis has had a great run, great season. I think this season is just gravy. I think next year they're in play. Remember, they have two uh, first-round picks this offseason. I think they're going to use one of them or two of them to trade for another player. Next year is the year where you should be really scared of the Grizzlies. Um, I have the Phoenix Suns coming out um, in a tough series, and they are my Western Conference Finals pick. I will also go with the Phoenix Suns as my number one option for just coming out of the, of the West. But if I'm going to pick a sleeper team that might come out of the West that we won't see. All right. Hmm, let's see. I'm going to think if we're going to go sleeper, a team that could really do damage is actually funny enough. The team we were saying might not go far, but the Jazz. Yeah, I know because they got they, they actually have really good players on this team. That's they the funny part. They have great players. Man. They have a very good they team are... built from top to bottom up nicely. They have good defense yep. and they have good two good players. A Listen defensive to this, anchor and they can score. Yep, the Utah has an elite scorer and an elite defender and they have a, a really good scorer off the bench. That's a nice recipe to make an upset uh, in the West. Um, all right, so you heard it here. Both our Western Conference picks are Phoenix. To go to the finals and Jason's sleeper team is Utah and um, they're not a sleeper team, but a team that can challenge the Suns to make the Western conference finals, I think is the Memphis Grizzlies. All right. Now to the Eastern conference to wrap this uh, podcast up, let's go with uh, one against eight seed Miami heat. And we have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, Cleveland has been a very nice story. Um, it's unfortunate that Jared Allen got hurt. Um, I'm taking the Miami heat in five. What about you? We're we going based off that, or we're we going to go based off the picks you made earlier, or we said the Hawks coming. Did we choose the the Hawks? Oh yeah, no. Did we choose the Hawks over the Cavs for the eight seed? I mean, I believe I did because we said they no, had the Eastern yeah, Conference Finals yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah, I okay, you're right. Um, okay, well, regardless, whatever two teams they play, I think they're going to come out in five. Yeah, either one of those Hawks or Cavs, I think I'll take the Heat. So okay, don't worry about that. Yep. Um. Like I said, we're trying to be non-biased as possible. We both love the Heat, but we also understand basketball enough to know um, what's common sense here. Um, okay, uh, the two against the seven seed. Now, this is a very, very interesting series. I think this is going to be the most interesting series in 10 years, probably ever since I've watched basketball in the first round. Um, this is going to sound crazy. Yeah, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to put up both combined 65 points. I'm worried about the rest of the team in scoring. I just don't think they're going to have enough to win this series. I have Boston. I they're going to be outscore Boston. Yep. I agree. I have. And remember Nets defense is, is borderline awful. Drummond mm -hmm. is not a defensive center. He can rebound, but their defense needs work, man. And I just don't believe the reports that Simmons is going to come back. And even if he does, it's too late in the season to ramp him up in the playoffs and expect him to and be from a to actually make factor. a difference He's not yep. gonna, they haven't played together yeah so i think with the streak that boston has gone on this year also the defensive anchor marcus smart and the superstar and jason tatum along with the scoring threat of jalen brown and his defense they lost robert williams which is a big which is a big piece i think they're going to figure it out and i think they're going to beat brooklyn nets in six games 
Um, remember, Boston that's home has the home crowd. So um, I think they're going to win it in six games. What about you? How many games? I think it's going to go seven. Yeah, ball. Can't argue with either. either. It's going to, regardless, would six you agree, or seven for sure. Would you agree, Jason? This is probably one of the most interesting first round series in a long, long time. Definitely. It's going to be in a while yet for sure. I would say in this playoffs, though, the two series that I'm seeing and that I'm interested in is that one and actually the Bucks, uh, another Bucks, the uh, 76ers and yep. uh, the Raptors. And we're actually going to get into that right now. So I got to tell you something, Jason, before this trade, before they made the, or when they made the trade for James Harden, the first five games, they looked like they were going to run away with the East, but James Harden looked slow. His scoring has went down. You could see a significant player. James Harden is never going to be what he once was. In my opinion, ISO wise, he's still a really good player. He could still put up numbers. It's really, really tough. It took a lot out of him and used him to do all that man by himself. Yep. My head, you're right, man. What he's done. It, and by the way, Stephen A. Smith from ESPN on first take said that James Harden is under the most pressure in the NBA this season. And I totally agree with him. What the Nets gave up uh, mm-hmm. or what the Sixers gave up to get him, which was a haul, an absolute haul for a 32 year old player. Uh, we'll see if Darren Morey made the right moves. I think everyone on that team's job is on the line, including Morey. I think he get, buys another year, but this could this is probably Doc Rivers' last season if he doesn't make the finals. Um, Toronto, by the way, is a really, really good defensive team. They have one of the best coaches in the NBA, Nick Nurse. Pascal Siakam's been playing great. They got back OG Ananubi. Scotty Barnes. They also lead the season series against yep, Philadelphia. They lead the series season series. Scotty Barnes, who is there. You know, and all these great things are saying about the Raptors. I am going to give the 76ers the nod because they have the best player in this series. They have the they have the two best players in this series. If 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 James Harden plays likely, I think he's going to show up this series, and I think uh, Philadelphia is going to pull it out in six games against Toronto. Um, but remember, Ty, Matisse Tybalt can't play in Toronto due to the COVID restrictions, which is a big piece for them because he's an awesome Dang. defender. Um, and with all that said, I still have the Sixers in six games. But uh, if if the Raptors win, it would not surprise me in the, in, in the least. I'm going to say this series will go to seven. If Harden plays the way he's been playing, it's going to go to seven. If he steps it up and he plays like he's capable, then they will win. Yep. Agreed. 100%. That leads us to our last matchup in the first round, Milwaukee against Chicago. Uh, Chicago has been a nice story all year. I think next year is really their year. They lost Lonzo Ball. Zach Levine's been in and out of the lineup. Patrick Williams finally came back, but he needs to be ramped up. Kobe White. They have some, they just have a bunch of dudes on this team, man. But Milwaukee's just, you know, NBA Finals champs last year. They have the experience. They have a good coach. They have a well-rounded roster. I just think they have no answer for Giannis. I, I hate to say it, but the Bulls can get swept. Uh, they because could. And one they, of my... won, they have not beat one of the best teams in the NBA at all this season. They've lost everything. They, they, lo- they lose to every good team. You're right. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's almost crazy. Never seen that before in my life. Like yep. that's insane. It is, but uh, the main reason for me seeing them getting swept is Vucevic plays no defense, and they just won't have an answer for Giannis. Um, Vucevic Damn is son. A, is a, yep. You Vucevic is a good is a good scorer, good player, but defensively, they just won't have an answer. I think this is a clean sweep. Maybe the Bulls get a game at home. We'll see. But regardless, we both have them coming out, which now leaves us to the one against the. So the Heat would play the winner of the 4-5 matchup. 
let's say it's the Sixers. Now, this is a very interesting series. Um, if James, obviously, if they come out of the first round, we think it's because James Harden stepped up. But the way that he'd have been playing this year, PJ Tucker has been a huge addition for them. I just don't see the Sixers being the Heat. Not trying to be biased put here. PJ on Harden, yep. and you put Bam on Embiid. Remember, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler can, can play defense too. He can play free safety pretty much Look, and just yep. kill everybody. <laughs> Let's be honest here. There's no answer for 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 Joel Embiid, but they can definitely contain him. I think Bam between the mixture of Bam and, and Jimmy, they're going to be switching a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're going to pull it out in six games. And we got Marcus Morris. Don't forget that, yep. man. Or Marquise, yep, they do. sorry. They do. He's a big body. You could throw on him, get brothers. a couple yep. of fouls, you know, go like that. And that's gonna... easy. <laughs> yeah, man, you're right. It's going to be a tough series, but I think Miami's going to come out of this. Um, and then the questions will loom in the summer. Will Daryl Morey and the Sixers give Harden his max contract for a guy who's turning 33? We shall see. Um, so Jason and I both have the heat coming out in the second round against the Sixers. And then that leaves Boston against Milwaukee. Ironically, Milwaukee's three and Boston's two. Uh, doesn't matter. They both would have been two, three seed anyways. Um, well, it's been a great story for Boston. You know, the, the, the story behind them every year is can Tatum and, and, and Brown take the next step. I think against any other team but the Milwaukee Bucks in the second round, they would do it, including the Heat. But I just don't see them beating Milwaukee. Milwaukee is too damn good. I think Giannis is unbelievable. Remember, they lost Robert Williams. I think defensively, Marcus Smart's a guard. Giannis is almost a foot and a half taller than him. I just don't see them stopping Giannis. And remember, Middleton and Drew Holiday have playoff experience. They can both play. The key is, is Middleton going to show up? I believe he does. So I have Boston, I have them coming out of Boston in actually five games. Okay, five games. And I'm looking back at the season series right now. Boston won the first matchup. They won the second matchup. They won the – oh, and they lost the series. So it was 2-2 between them, actually. So that's not bad. And all the games pretty close. One of them went to overtime. Boston blew them out once. That game, that series is going to go to six. I wouldn't argue with you at all. Uh, it's going to be a tough I, series. Yeah, but... I think it's going to go to six. And then I agree with you. I think the Bucks will pull it out just based off experience and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. Like I was just saying, I've been seeing the Celtics play at the end of the season, and they're playing really well. Yep. So it is. It's going to be a tough one. I think, I mean, I'll take the defending champs, but. Yep, it's definitely going to be a tough it's series. It's going to be a tough uh, series surprise for me sure. if Boston comes out, but I just. That, that think... could be an upset that people aren't expecting right there. Then if, yep. they, if the Celtics play unreal. Because, I mean, Tatum dropped 42 points on it last time. Yeah, we'll see, man. It's going to be an interesting series. Uh, but we both have the Bucks. Um, yeah. But we wouldn't be I'll surprised if Bucks. Boston comes out. That's what we're trying to say. And then we have the Miami Heat against the Bucks in the conference finals. And let me start off with this. I love the Miami Heat. They are my team. And I truly, truly believe in seven games, the Heat are going to come out against the Bucks for this reason. They have home court advantage. And I think Giannis will be so damn tired between those two series that the Heat can stop. The thing with the Heat is they don't have a superstar score, but they have a bunch of guys who can play basketball at a high level. They don't need to depend on one guy to win a game. Milwaukee at times 
heavily relies on Giannis to do a lot of the things. He gets Middleton open more. Drew Holiday is a nice defender, a nice player. But I think when it comes push comes to shove, it's going to go seven games. And I just think the Heat are going to grit it out with the best coach in the NBA and Eric Spolster at home, home court. They got embarrassed last year, got swept. But the year before that, they beat the Bucs in the bubble. I think that uh, the Heat have the formula to beat the Bucs, man. And I think they're going to come out and go to the NBA Finals against the Phoenix Suns. What about I you? say it's going to be, again, seven seven game series for sure between us. Like you said, we got embarrassed that first round um, to last year, I think it was, right, when yeah. we got swept. And that was just, you know, flat out embarrassing, like you said. I think, you know, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, these guys, Tyler Hero, even Spolster, our whole team, they have something to prove. And people think, like, yeah, the Bucks are a great team. We have a really good defense, yeah. But them losing a lot of those guys, especially P.J. Tucker, man, he is a key piece. He was a like key said, loss for the Bucks. He was a key loss. He played defense on all the main guys, and that let Giannis play free safety and move around and be the defensive player he was that year where he wasn't, you know, using all his energy on defense and offense. So that's going to be really key, and we're going to see, you know, what's going to go on. But I think the same thing as you. I say Miami beats them in seven, and then we go play the Phoenix Suns. Yep. And uh, some of the guys saying, oh, they're Heat fans. No, we're, we're being brutally honest here, man. I, I think Milwaukee is a really good team. I actually think the key to this series is Miami has home court advantage. If Milwaukee had home court, I think it'd be around. But I just think Giannis is going to be so damn tired between everything he's done. Those, those, those first two matchups are really hard. Bulls are a good team, but Boston is going to absolutely tire him. And the Heat, yeah, they're going to play some – they, they the, the formula and the way the seating worked out, they, they, they truly benefited from it. Now I will say this, if the Heat played the Nets in the first round, I, I have the Heat coming out of the first round, but I think it would be a different story. And I actually think the Bucks would win that series. But uh, they just got lucky with the seating, and I think the Heat are going to go to the NBA Finals, which leads us to our last prediction. We have a Phoenix Suns against Miami Heat NBA Finals. Um, I will let Jason go first. Who is your winner and in how many games and why? So in this situation, I would go the Heat, obviously, because, you know, they are my team and I'm going to support them until I die. But if I'm not going to be biased at all, I would still say the Heat just because this season alone, the way we've been playing and the determination we have, and we have been having that mission in our head to prove that we were not frauds in the bubbles and stuff like that. I believe, you know, they were going to go to the promised land this year and, you know, redeem themselves and get that ring. Yeah, man. Um I, I can see your point, but for me, Phoenix is the most complete team in the NBA. They've been so damn sturdy and steady all year, even without Chris Paul. They've been winning a ton of games, locked up the one seed. Unless there's a significant injury or or a player misses a, a one or two a key piece, like maybe Bridges or Chris Paul or Booker misses a game or two in the finals, um, I just see the Phoenix Suns winning in seven games. Um, also, they have home court advantage. I love the Heat, but... I think the Phoenix Suns are the most complete team in the NBA and uh, should be a fun series, but I think they're going to just edge it out and finally get their first championship that they've been long awaited for since uh, last season when they lost a tough one up to against the Bucks. I think they're going to come back for revenge and finally uh, clinch it and get the, the win over the Heat. And us Heat fans are going to have to go through another NBA Finals loss in the last four years, which is going to be brutal, but hopefully – Hopefully I'm wrong and I and the Heat come out and win the whole thing, but uh, we'll see. It should be a great series nonetheless. And the Phoenix Suns are my champs and the Miami Heat are Jason's champs. There you have it. There you have it, man. 
Well, Jason, dude, it was nice to have you on the pod. Definitely going to do future episodes soon. Um, we love talking basketball. And uh, what a better way to start off the first episode with you, man. And uh, can't wait to uh, for these NBA playoffs and uh, talk about the matchups to, to come and uh, what's going on in the NBA. Anything else you want to say before uh, we end the pod? Uh, no, it's been a great time, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's been fun. Can't wait to see what comes with the podcast and have more sports and basketball or even football talk in the future when the new season starts for that. Yeah, go man. Go Fins, bro. Yeah, go Fins. A lot of uh, a lot of future sports to come here, man. Thank you for everyone listening. And uh, tell us what you think in the comments below. What did we get right? What did we get wrong? Um, I'll put Jason's handle in there. You can uh, tweet at him, tell him what he got wrong or right and uh, vice versa. Uh, we'll drop uh, this episode. Uh, tonight and um, can't wait to uh, have you on future pods man and uh, to the crowd thank you for listening and uh, we'll, we'll be dropping some more soon thanks guys appreciate it nice talking everybody thanks for having me on Robert <laughs>